to the Construction Big Breakfast, where we give you a hearty serving of insider tips and business strategies to help fuel your day so you can thrive in the construction industry. Now, here's your host. Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Tip Top Tim Fitch, and welcome to the latest episode of the Construction Big Breakfast. Today we're going to be uh, diving into a whole long list of really interesting topics, including uh, railway stations as also retail destinations, how local authorities are turning themselves into developers, what the UK can learn uh, about regeneration from Oslo and Australia, and interestingly we're going to talk about film studios right at the end. So, today, uh, so join me today. Uh, for today's podcast is our very special guest, uh, John Morgan, and uh, welcome to the podcast, John. Thank you, thank you for the invitation, Tim. You're welcome. Can you give our listeners a little introduction about yourself? Sure. So uh, I'm John Morgan, one of the directors of Lend Design Architects. Uh, before being at Lend Design, uh, I was at Westfield, as you know, for 13 years. Um, I was director director of design there. David Leonard, uh, one of my business partners, was head of design. He left 15 years ago and set up with our other partner, Ian, and I left seven years ago and joined them in the practice. We've now got uh, seven of, uh, five offices, in uh, two in the UK, one in Berlin, one in Sydney, and one in Malaysia, uh, and we work on a huge range of projects uh, across the world. Really, well, John, really uh, excited to have you on the podcast today, and really Anyone who's watched this series at all knows what the first question's going to be. So, John, so what I did came, you have for breakfast? I came prepared. We're having breakfast now. So, uh, living in Nottingham, obviously I travelled down through St Pancras um, uh, when I'm coming down to London. And, you know, for someone who works in regenerational projects, you know, the whole King's Cross and Pancras is such a phenomenal example of a project. So I brought you some uh, pastries and muffins, a vegan muffin as well for you as well, so that we can enjoy something that kind of represents regeneration of city. You know, you, I know you were in heavily involved in the project. You look at what that part of London was like and what the investment has now transformed that part of London into. And for all our international clients, it's the one place in London they want to go and see and they want to visit and experience and see it and take lessons from that back to their countries. Yeah, I have to say, I mean, that uh, particular project is quite dear to my heart. I know. uh, For all sorts of reasons. Maybe we'll talk about that a bit later. And I'm really interested, because usually I'm joking now, and say, well, now we've had the intro, we'll get back into the meat and potatoes of the... uh, podcast and for those who are vegan it would be potatoes and potatoes or in this case a vegan muffin perfect so we're moving forward with the times i i am afraid i have my usual bacon roll from jude at the uh, taxi shelter in russell Mm -hmm. square this morning i'm really pleased that uh, she's now opening again at 7 a.m i think we're filming this um on the 7th of september Tuesday and coming in the tube, it felt much more like normal. I mean, most of the children are back at school now. Yeah. People are beginning to come back into London. Definitely, and we're, we're definitely seeing, I think because people are going to football matches and pop concerts and cricket games and they're getting used to being in crowds in their, you know, their home life and therefore they're feeling more comfortable about coming back um, as well. You know, we've done as a practice a huge amount during lockdown on kind of WhatsApp and on Teams and lots of activities to kind of keep the team culture 
and we've just started transitioning now into getting small groups of people together. So we had a group visit to Lavender Farm, we had a group that went for a picnic, we've got a group going paddle boarding, just getting people together in groups of six and eights and tens before we then get to the point of going out on a Christmas party and all being together because you appreciate that people are going to have to go through that transition and start to feel comfortable but you could definitely feel in the city today you know as you say I think the schools going back is a kind of is a point as well where people feel they're getting back to their normal routines because the children aren't homeschooling at the moment so you definitely feel that buzz in the city now. You do and I think we're all all as sort of business leaders we've got to reset haven't we? Yeah. We've got to reset and uh, for some people, I think it's more of a worry coming back together than others. And Definitely. Obviously, with our office, we're filming this in our office today, which is uh, we started doing the last few weeks. Yeah. And a few people are in, you can see. But yeah. of course, nowadays we've we've learned to work in a hybrid fashion. Yeah. Although our office doesn't look very full, we've got we haven't got enough desks for everyone. Yeah. So we actually grew during uh, the lockdown, so we've got a. We look like everyone else, you've got to work out the new normal. And I think as we said, you know, coming and doing these um, type of activities face to face, you know, so many people now are sick of teams. You know, we've got clients now who are saying, okay, we want to see you now, we want to meet you, we want to have a workshop um, as well. And that's just brilliant to kind of see that coming through as well. Yeah, yeah, it does. I do feel we're at the, uh, was it the Towards. end? <laughs> yeah, the start of the end or something, you know, yeah. one of those Churchillian phrases. <laughs> anyway, let's just talk about. I mean, your background, you've done, we, we had a project in common uh, yes. uh, 15 years ago or so, which was the Westfield Shopping yeah. Centre. And of course, retail, uh, as everyone knows, has mostly suffered really badly during yeah. lockdown. What, what, what do you see, how's that going to change going forward? So I think it's obviously huge change, which brings, I think for our team, the huge opportunity of innovation um, as well. And there are definitely clients who got incredibly nervous and was you know for a long time sitting back waiting for the good old days to come back and there were others who just grasped the nettle and went for it and saw this is the change it's never going back and there and that's through a, I guess a series of different you know uh, changes you know firstly obviously retailers changing um, as well and you know the press love to write about negativity about closures and and not right about all the positivity in the openings. You know, I know on these podcasts you 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 know you focus on the positive, and I think that's definitely something we do in our projects is finding those positives in a place that they are the foundations then build on. So you build your high street on the back of the of the the positives you've got within there. And there are so many great business and entrepreneurs now that are getting the ability to get space. You know, there was a time when rents were so high it wasn't accessible for so many people to be able to start business or to be able to be on the high street or to be able to kind of use their skills. And in some ways that rebasing of rental levels is giving so many entrepreneurs a huge opportunity there. Um, in that, you know, you know, jumping back to uh, King's Cross, you know, St Pancras initially was filled with lots of kind of mainstream brands. You look at Cold Drops Yard at King's Cross, you know, they, you know, they want there to be brands in there. You know, we work with an amazing ice cream maker called um, Julie Fisher, Ruby Violet. Well, she's in the heart of King's Cross next to Waitrose. Now, there would have been a time that unit would have gone to, you know, Orange or Thai Rack or Sock Shop or something that was venture capitalist backed that could afford to pay a big rent. 
So I think that's where the opportunity is, all that variety coming back into the high street. It's, it reminds me of my economics, really. Okay. It's, it's uh, Schumpeter's uh, creative destruction mm. of innovation, isn't it? And there's been a big shock to the system. And, of course, it just resets everything and yeah. new entrepreneurs come through. Yeah. Makes it very exciting. And it's amazing. You know, we, we definitely, um, you know, there was so much criticism that the high street and shopping centre become clone towns with the same set of line for retailers. And then we went through this whole phase where we kept going to meet people who wanted us to, you know, come up with a scheme that had a travel lodge, a little or an Aldi, a Costa drive-through, and an Altrincham food market. Now, Altrincham food market is brilliant because it's of Altrincham in Altrincham, but it's not something you can just copy and paste. And I kind of joked our conference that this became the new lazy. We got this new brief that people just felt was safe and easy, and actually. I don't think there is a safe or easy option anymore. I think it involves a lot of effort and a lot of creativity and thinking to get to the right answer for any town or city centre. It's very interesting, so just before, you know, in our warm-up before we started, we mentioned uh, we've got a, a Lux division and we're seeing with some of our clients there that there's a massive, massive investment going into these hybrid retail experiences yep. that they're trying to develop so that there's more than one reason yep. not just to go and buy a dress but you can have a whole experience whilst you're there definitely and i think you know the the project we worked on the westfield project in west london um westfield london i worked on the luxury village and i was very honored to work with mary portas uh with all these luxury brands with louis vuitton tiffany dior gucci who were all opening for the first time in a shopping centre. You know, they're very used to being on Bond Street or on a high street. And you look now, you know, the work that Mary Portis does now, looking at the kindness economy, you know, and kind of where she's taken the Portis agency and her business and their focus. Understand, and they've always been very focused on understanding what the consumer wants as a group. And therefore, they get understanding, you know. On the Kindness Economy podcast, they talk exactly about those things. Um, whereas, you know, and you know, we did the charity shop, you know, the Mary's Living Giving Charity Shop in the luxury village, you know, for the first time test those things, those luxury brands, because those luxury brands need to keep moving. They've always been at the front, you know, you went into the beautiful fitted out shops, then suddenly Zara arrives with beauty fitted out shops and the clothes were a quarter of the price. So therefore, luxury then needs to take another leap forward and keep it ahead as well. So I think for us, it's an incredibly interesting um, yeah. time in terms of retail, and especially that luxury element. You know, we work on a lot of that, you know, especially our, you know, our Korean projects or duty-free work as well. All those brands going into airports and duty-free as well. There's a huge um, shift that's coming in that work. John, you, you mentioned, obviously, the, the, you're seeing new developments happening in uh, city centres. You mentioned before, earlier, uh, before, Whilst we were planning this around the local authorities acting now as developers, yep. they're looking as this as a chance to regenerate their own cities? Definitely, and it's been phenomenal. You know, when we set up the business, a lot of, you know, coming out of Westford, a lot of our clients were the big developers naturally, because that was, you know, the, the industry I've been in. And more and more, we started working with local authorities, where, you know, month after month, we were invoicing more local authorities becoming clients. And in some ways, it was because often the developers were pulling out and they were saying, this city's not right for us or, you know, we're focusing on the south of England, not on the north of England. We've got a different strategy, um, investment strategy. You know, Sheffield is an excellent example. You know, Sheffield had 
development partner, big shopping centre plan, a big John Lewis, you know, new store, you know, car parking, big service yard, all the infrastructure you would expect at a time that you know would be seen as positive investment. The council then you know, were left without a development partner, they had to step in and take control and uh, David and our team worked with a new master plan for the city. There were separate buildings that could be developed and delivered independently. And the first phase was an office building for HSBC and now CMS law firm. Not a John Lewis store that you would traditionally want as your kind of anchor yes. into, a, into a city centre regeneration project. Well, what that delivers is thousands of people who work there and those people need to buy you know, sandwiches and vapes and you know, their dinner to go home with and they want to go to the galleries and the library and the theatres and therefore they're bringing that footfall and that life back in. But in some ways it's very easy for local authorities to say, right, we borrowed money and we bought our shopping centre, we borrowed money and we bought a big chunk of the city, now we're going to be the developer. Actually being the developer is very, very difficult, you know, because the local authorities are realising in some ways how difficult the decisions are, how hard they are to make work, the schemes to be financially viable and be delivered as well. But we're definitely seeing um, a wave of local authorities who are, are getting hold of the situation and doing you know, incredibly well. You know, I can talk about Sheffield for hours on end. You know, it's incredible what they've achieved now with you know, build to rent. We've got a small form office building, apartments for sale on site, rather some uh, signed for a hotel there, you know, all of that regeneration, which is all, you know, from the council taking over. You go to somewhere like Broxtow Council, who again bought out their joint venture partner developer, took control of them site themselves. Um, they wanted a cinema to be built um, because that would drive nighttime economy and would get people, you know, back into, into the town. And we work with them and, you know, in some ways as architects, you know, if you run a competition as a council for someone to design a cinema, you're going to choose the pink one, the black one, or the gold one. And we went in and said, okay, well, let's look at this site. Okay, instead of building a cinema, let's put the cinema on half the site. On the other half of the site, let give yourselves planning consent for some residential. Okay? And then for the money you get from selling the site with the planning consent for residential, you use that then to build the cinema. And it's exactly what they did. They did a planning app, they gave themselves a planning application. They then sold the residential site. They appointed us and um, Bowman Kirkland to build the cinema. That's now opened, fitted out, you know, trading and is driving footfall. But the council have definitely, and you can see the confidence in those local authorities when they've done it and it's worked. And I think often it's about if they haven't got the in-house team, surround themselves by the right team who are looking to deliver the agendas that they want to and deliver. And I say there's a whole wave, you know, if I look at Sefton Council, very proactive, or Doncaster Council, or Middlesbrough, you can really see it coming forward, which is, you know, is so exciting. Um, and I think they can take a view, whereas if a developer looks at a site, naturally you look inside your red line and your own site ownership that, you know, you will understand from projects you've worked on. Whereas as a local authority, you can look at the whole town or city and say, okay, well, this isn't the right place for the cinema, that should go over here, and the right thing for this to go is here, and they can take a better view, but the key thing is about getting these things to be delivered, you know, to actually see the projects being delivered is the key. And how are you seeing the local authorities plug that sort of skills gap? Because it's very different from being a sort of a, a, a local official to being a really successful developer. Yeah. And of course they're, like you said, they've got a slightly broader picture than your typical developer who's obviously trying to make money. Yeah. Um, they've, they've got a, another 
layer of interest in it. Definitely, and you know, there are some local authorities who have some great people in there. You know, we have some great clients and local authorities who understand how these get projects put together. The other, uh, I guess, thing that happened was um, uh, Sir John Timpson wrote a government white paper um, in terms of the High Street. I was very honoured to be interviewed as part of that process. And on the back of that report, the um, High Street Task Force has been set up, which is chaired by Mark Robinson of Alandi. And therefore, they have the ability to go in and give that support to local authorities, that guidance to kind of help them. So the government is, you know, pumping that guidance into these local authorities to help them get the schemes together. You then look at, you know, we've done a huge number of, you know, um, high street fund applications, transforming cities funds, you know, the government is pumping money into towns and cities to allow them to get the gap funding, to appoint consultants, to get projects moving forward in their towns and cities as well. So it, it definitely feels as a time where the government is incredibly focused and is starting to put the support mechanism in there and putting someone like Mark Robinson in there who you know, understands development, how to put it together, he can give these local authorities with his team very good guidance. Yeah, I mean, very exciting times, yes. isn't it? Very yeah. exciting times. Now, obviously your practice is international. Is, is there something the UK can learn from what you've seen oh. the rest of the world doing? Definitely. I think you know, we talk about this a lot. We're, you know, Pre-lockdown, we were very privileged that our team were travelling all over the world and seeing projects and yes we were working on Webex and Zoom and we work on Teams now uh, but you definitely learn something so for example uh, we had an amazing project we delivered in Copenhagen for Tristan Capital again you know prefabricated residential you know and this was you know two and a half three years ago you know, was ahead of where the UK is, and our team learned an incredible amount in delivering that that was built and delivered on site. And I was back there every fortnight, um, you know, while the project was um, being delivered. Currently, we have a lot of work in Oslo, um, and there are a number of UK funds and some amazing um, Norwegian funds over there. And again, I think I say often say that in Oslo. The developers are genuinely genuine about the people who are going to live and work in those developments. You know, in the UK, often developers can, I'm not saying pretend to care, but, you know, pay lip service to actually caring about the people who are going to actually be part of the development or live there. But definitely in Oslo, there's a real belief in it. And, you know, often when our team have been out there, they come back and say, oh, I've seen the future of that. I've seen what we should be doing here. And I joke that, you know, Pre-COVID, you could get on a flight to Oslo for less than probably a train ticket to Manchester from London to go and see those things and learn and experience it. And I think there is so much that the UK development market can learn with those projects because I see in our team, definitely. That sounds like a real headline for the, the show notes which uh, <laughs> we'll pick up on. Um, interestingly, now, we've had a very wide-ranging discussion. Now, right at the start, we uh, teased everyone by saying that there was gonna be, we're going to talk about the film industry. So... John, yeah, what's happening in the film industry? Well, I know you saw on our social media feeds that you know recently we've been involved in a very, or we're now involved in a very big um, film studio project. Um, it's it's definitely an emerging market that we're seeing, and we're very very heavily involved in. And I say our team have you know learned a huge amount and are delivering a huge amount. You know, with the rise of so much stream, so many streaming services on through you know Amazon and Apple and Netflix and you know even through terrestrial channels. 
the reality is there is a need to produce this content. You know, we're all binge watching a whole, you know, a whole series in a night, whereas it used to take us six months or eight months to watch a whole series. And therefore, there is a huge pressure for this content to be delivered. And therefore, you know, film studio space is, is running short and therefore there is a need for this type of regeneration um, as well. And therefore, there's an opportunity for local authorities because, you know, these massive facilities have lots of jobs. They want to be linked with universities, with the kind of the young tech people and the post-production, the editing and the filming. And, you know, it's a huge, huge opportunity for creating jobs within the country that's answering a need and a demand that we're all you know, addicted to kind of binge watching things as well. So it's really interesting, you know, it's very early days, I guess, as, as, as a market. We're very privileged to be heavily involved um, in it. And um, I think it's, it's definitely one to watch. It is, I mean, I, it was certainly in the papers uh, a week or two ago. Yeah. Because it caught my eye, because I live between uh, Leavesden and Pinewood, yeah. and Neil Street's just around the corner. Yeah. Uh, and the UK is becoming a real centre of the film industry. I think there's more investment going into film studios here than anywhere else in the world, which and, is amazing, isn't it? And what an amazing industry for young people to get into. You know, the negativity of sitting on Xbox all day, turn that into a skill and a job and a career that's inspiring and exciting, I think is hugely, you know, hugely opportunity. That's terrific. Well, on that note, Let's wrap up this conversation. That was it's been very insightful and thank you for joining me today, John. My pleasure, thank you. Um, where can our listeners get in touch with you if they'd like to learn more? So definitely through our social media channels at Leonard uh, Design, uh, through our website which is just Leonard.design, there's a contact us um, on that as well. And I think we can probably put into the bio for the um, podcast as well. Yeah, well Sarah Sarah will add all that to the show notes, so uh, there'll be no difficulty anyone uh, being able to find you or Leonard Design. Anyway, wonderful, and to all of our listeners today, thank you for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Construction Big Breakfast uh, with uh, John Morgan, me, Tip Top, Tim Fitch, and of course, the vegan muffin, which is a first. Uh, we have a new, ep new episode every two weeks, although we may uh, increase the frequency, as you say, we are creating more content, because people yeah, are binge-watching our right. podcast. Of course... Click the subscribe button, turn on your notifications so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, we'd appreciate a five-star review. And if you've enjoyed this episode today, please like it, share it, tell your friends, uh, even in the old-fashioned way, uh, as this helps us get more viewers and listeners. If you're interested in being a guest on this podcast, and you can see John's had a wonderful time, uh, or looking to collaborate in other ways, visit our uh, website that's www.invent2endsatheend.com uh, the link's also in the description and fill out the contact form and uh, Sarah or one of our team will be in touch and see you next time want to learn more about how Invent can help your business maximize its bottom line head on over to www.invent.com and get in touch with our team today thanks for joining us this week on the construction big breakfast Make sure to visit our website, www.invent.com, where you can subscribe to the Construction Big Breakfast on all platforms so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a positive rating. Or if you'd simply share it with a friend, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.